Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins... I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So back in 2017, my girlfriend and I were in a sort of semi-long-distance relationship. I lived in the Orlando area and she in Tampa. I would frequently travel via Megabus to Tampa to see her and for concerts and stuff. But shortly after this experience, I switched exclusively to Amtrak and didn't regret having to pay one cent more. On this day, however, I had picked up Wendy's before the trip for dinner and had made my way to the boarding area. I noticed a sort of disheveled older man glaring at me openly. I didn't acknowledge him and instead boarded the bus. I sat near the back of the bus, placed my lone backpack on the seat next to me and opened my food. As I was eating, I noticed that this same man who had been glaring had boarded and sat across the aisle from me, in the seat closest to the aisle, same as me. We had about, I would guess, two feet of separation at this point. And well, the bus takes off and we're soon on the interstate headed west. Every time I look a bit at my food, he would sort of grumble though. Then he started raising his voice a bit and motioning to me. Then he started near shouting and pointing at my rapper. I had headphones in and was comfortably ignoring him by this point. I'd worked a full shift at work that day, had headed home, showered, changed, grabbed my packed bag and headed out. So I was really tired and sort of hungry. But as I finished my food, balled up the wrappers and tossed them back into the bag, he just became nothing short of like irate, shrieking in Spanish I think and reached over to me, grabbing the bag and looking inside. When he saw that it was empty, he began screaming at me and I bluntly told him to shut up, it was my food. 
At that, he went silent for a bit. Until I saw him rummaging in his bag, he then slipped a hatchet out of his bag, laid it across his lap and smirked at me. My blood ran cold. I'm a big guy, 6'3", 300, but in that small space and dealing with a weapon-wielding maniac, I knew that there was not much that I could do. I immediately stood up, walked to the driver and told him what had happened. The next stop was Lakeland and we were still about 45 minutes away, which was the only way that he could do something. I went back to my seat, grabbed my backpack and fled to the upper level sitting close to the window at the far back. Eventually when we got to Lakeland, I saw him get approached and escorted off the bus. As he stepped off, he stumbled and fell which is when I realized that he was also completely drunk or on something. I'm really glad that he didn't get the opportunity to hurt anyone on that bus and I can only hope that he was detained after or separated from his weapon. But for as long as I live, I will never forget that smirk. In my younger days, just after high school, I was what you would probably consider a vagrant. No home to speak of, but not quite homeless either, I guess. Growing up poor in a poor dying factory town assures, well, few things. But most of the kids in my town knew and understood clearly that the only way to escape such a, a bleak place was to, well, leave, find work somewhere else, and don't come back unless you want to be trapped forever. And I was no exception to this understanding. It was the result of this desperate retreat from certain poverty that led me to work as a laborer in the pipeline industry. Grueling work, but decent pay. A fair start for one such as myself. After about three months of working, my foreman, who we'll call Jay, discovered that I was staying at a motel and wouldn't have it. He was kind enough to invite me to stay with his family until I found an apartment, and I was grateful for his offer. Jay and his family were honest rural people who lived in an honest rural area as well. A house with a barn in the field surrounded by the wooded hills. No neighbors and one road in and out. Very similar to houses I had seen and been around growing up to be honest. It was a great area and great company too. And I was thankful for such a turn in my luck. The first evening I stayed there, Jay's wife got me situated in my room and I became acquainted with everyone in the house over dinner. After our meal, I stepped out for a cigarette and decided the tree line behind their barn would be the best area to smoke privately and inoffensively. The sun had set and then some by the time that I stepped out of the house. The moon was high and full keeping the valley that I was in, dully illuminated and casting the surrounding hills as dark shadows against the starfield sky. It was a night that I think most would find peaceful. But as soon as my boots met the grass, that primal instinctive warning that a man gets sometimes began to slowly creep into my core. That alarm that tells you that something just ain't right here. Being young and dumb and brave of course, I shrugged it off though and continued to the tree line attempting to keep the growing feeling at bay. When I at last approached the shadowed tangle of trees and underbrush on the outskirts of the yard, I reached into my pocket pulled out my pack of Malboros and my matches and struck it alight. As I brought the match to my cigarette though, that 
was when I saw it. Mere feet away from where I was standing, just barely within the trees, was the stark and outstanding silhouette of something huge. It stood crouched and still had to be at least seven feet tall, large pointed ears and narrowly elongated snout. Its eyes glimmered that weird sort of infrared color you see when animals reflect light in their eyes at night. My initial panic-stricken thoughts were, that is a wolf. It was in the midst of this processing that I realized too that there was no way that this actually was a wolf because wolves, they don't stand upright and this creature was unmistakably on two legs. It was slouched low, one arm hung down past its haunches and the other was pressed firmly against a tree to the right of it. Broad shoulders and a savage posture, it didn't move. It didn't seem startled or threatened or even afraid, but simply aware. It knew that I saw it and it knew that I knew. I wish I could say that I did something, anything. I wish I could say that I ran or that I screamed or even moved, but I was just completely frozen in fear. Standing rigid as a statue with nothing but a quickly dying matchlight between me and whatever monstrous thing was in front of me. We seemed to lock eyes for what felt like hours but was really probably only moments and as though the creature had decided it was done terrifying me, it straightened up, backed away slowly into the darkness of the trees, no sound, not a broken twig or even a rustled leaf was heard. As soon as my legs allowed me, I ran like heck back to the safety of Jay's house, slammed the door behind me and was met with a look of concern from my foreman and his wife who were watching TV in the living room. I immediately said, Guys, there's something out there. It was the only thing that I could gasp. Jay exchanged a glance with his wife and looked back towards me. Listen boy, if you're going to stay here you need to understand that there's things out in them woods that you best not pay attention to, alright? He said it so nonchalantly, like he was talking about last night's football game. You hear a strange noise, you ignore it. You see a strange shadow, just ignore it. And if you get a strange feeling, just come inside and forget you felt it. But there are things out there we just don't understand, but we respect it. Because it's their land. We just live here. It's been... 15 years since my encounter with that creature in the woods and I still think about it often and though I stayed with Jay and his family for another three weeks after that night I never felt easy on that property that feeling never left that warning stayed alert and I will never go out to those woods at night unless I have absolutely no other choice once you know what's out there you you never see things the same again. And I know that this might seem far-fetched. I know that many won't believe what I'm saying, but this is a story that I had to share. So, this is the first time I was living alone in my apartment. I was walking out to my car to attend an evening church service when I hear this guy saying, hey, hello, can you help me? I'm standing about maybe 10 feet away, and when I stop to observe, it's a man in a wheelchair. He has one sack of groceries in his lap and two on the ground beside him. He had on what looked like a veteran attire, I think, and combat boots. 
but what stood out to me the most is I noticed how incredibly built or buff he was. Not just his arms too, but his calves. And at that, the hairs on my arms and neck instantly stood up. I guess while silently observing him, he was waiting for me to walk up to him. I sort of took a few steps back and shook my head. His immediate response was, I'm not going to do anything to you. Can't you see I'm in a wheelchair? He then pointed to his door and said, Look, I just need help putting the bags inside my door on the floor. That's all. I declined politely and began to walk away. The screaming, cursing and insults were what made me basically run to my car in the end. Safe in my car with the doors locked, I couldn't shake that awful feeling off of me though. Fast forward to a couple of days later, as I'm driving down the street headed home, who do I see walking without a limp, cane or with any visible disability? Yep, it was him. My heart instantly dropped. I stayed in my apartment for a week after that and had a male friend walk me to my car when I got off work because I was too scared to be by myself in, in case of any more encounters, I guess. To this day, this strange encounter, it still haunts me. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So I went through the 22 weeks infantry OSUT and the worst experience that I had was the individual night land nav. I was in the middle of the swamp around 2am looking at my map when suddenly every hair on my body stood on end and my red light flickers. I turn it off and start looking around when... I spot the silhouette of a, a woman in what I can only describe as a, a pioneer's outfit. I looked away for a second and looked back, and nothing. I told myself that I must have been seeing things, picked a direction I thought was good and started walking. I start hearing the crunching and breaking of leaves in rhythm with my steps behind me though, as if someone was watching my pace and... My hair stood up again. I stopped, looked behind me, but nothing. I continued walking. Same thing happened. Looked again and nothing. I decided that uh, three points were plenty for tonight and started booking it. As I'm running, I clearly hear and see something jumping from tree to tree above me, keeping pace as I cut through the woods, sprinting full speed. I'm not the fastest by any means, but at the same time, I had a 13.45 and have 5 seconds 40 yards. 
Nothing could have moved that quickly through those trees like that. I make it to the starting point, turn in my stuff, and I sit on my gear. Another guy comes running in about maybe 15 minutes later. We still have two hours left at this point, so it makes no sense why he would be in a hurry. He does his stuff and sits next to me. He turns to me and says, Dude, did you have point in the swamp? I gesture at my boots and pants and, yeah, can't you tell? Oh, yeah, sorry, but, uh, anyway, did you see a woman in a, a pioneer outfit? Yeah, I was writing down my points info when my lights started flickering and I heard something in the tree above me. I looked up and saw her sitting in a tree above the point, just sort of staring down at me with really lifeless eyes and an empty face. I ran, and I didn't stop till I got here. It's at this point where the guy sitting behind us leans forward. You all saw her too? We nod. I started walking into the swamp when I saw her sit up out of the water and slowly turned to look at me. I froze and like, well, I only broke out of it when the lieutenant walked up behind me and asked what I was looking at. I looked at him and pointed, but when I did, she was gone. No noise, nothing. Now, this kid was an honest dude, and I could tell by the look in his eyes that he wasn't messing with us. I want to know, though, if anyone else has had a, an experience with something like this. It's something that I'm pondering a lot lately, and I don't know. I just can't get it off my mind. So last night, I was watching a video, and it brought up a memory that my brain must have blocked out for years, and now I'm sort of haunted by it again. You see, I was 13 years old, hanging out with my best friend. We lived in a small town in Wisconsin, and it was the 90s, so there wasn't much to do. No smartphones at that time. So we would always walk around town and play in the woods. On this day, we decided to walk to the railroad tracks. We chat about boys and have a bunch of giggles while getting to the wooded area of the tracks that go on until the next town, like miles away. And it must have been about maybe halfway into our journey, I, I hear a baby crying. I look at my friend as we continue our stride, thinking that she would have had some sort of facial expression acknowledging it, but no. I kept on walking for another minute just silently asking myself why there's a baby crying. Finally, I just sort of stop and look at my friend and say, why is there a baby crying? We're out in the woods. Where's it coming from? My friend looks at me with a, a confused face and to my dismay, she says, what are you talking about? I didn't hear anything. She laughs at me and we continue our stride. Mind you, I still hear this constant wailing of a baby. As we're walking, I have like 10 billion questions going on in my head and become increasingly agitated as this crying wouldn't stop until it became a sheer, almost painful, loud screaming. And it was at that point again where I stopped dead in my tracks, pulled my friend's arm, and I just burst into tears. You have to hear that. Where is it? Where is its mum? It sounds like it could be hurt friend treated me like I was a lunatic 
and continued to make a point that she hasn't heard anything. While we're arguing, the crying stops. A sigh of relief, I sort of shift my head down in disbelief of it all. Looking at my feet, I then noticed that I was standing on something in the gravel of the middle of the tracks. I said, what's that? Pulled on the scrap that was visible to reveal something that gave me instant chills down my spine. It was a, a baby's onesie, tattered up and sort of ruined. I immediately felt sick to my stomach. My friend's eyes got wide and I said, let's get out of here. And we never went back. I don't know what I experienced that day or why it's been blocked from my memory for like 15 years, but it truly terrified me. Let me know what your opinion is about all of this as I'm still at a loss to this day. So, I was walking my dog in the rain the other day. It was about 6.30. A man comes up to me and he's wearing a red jacket. Seems to be in his maybe 40s or 50s. He's missing a few teeth. But he greets my dog and we talk about him. He gives me a chew toy and we play with the dog for a bit. As I'm about to leave, I give him the chew toy back and he insists that I keep it. After a few minutes of back and forth, I decide to drop it and take the ball. I thank him and wish him good night. I get home and examine the chew toy closer. I take out the squeak cap and inside I see a chip that's blinking with a red color. I immediately grab a pen and pick the chip out and snap it in two. My mind is filled with a lot of questions about why this happened and what I should do about it. So I post a picture of it on Reddit and I'm told by an electrical engineer that this looks a lot like a tracking chip. Why a, a tracking chip would be in a dog toy, I have no idea, but do you think I should contact the police about this? Or do you think that I'm just overreacting? So a few years ago, I worked in a military prison. Our hours were 24-hour shifts that consisted of shared downtimes, sleep time, between the shifts. One half stays awake, the other half sleeps, then switches halfway through the night. Now, I've been working at this prison for a while by this point, and I was currently working in our special quarters. Our SQ was just a, a long loop with all the cells on the inside of the loop. Every 15 minutes, I had to do a health and comfort check and basically walk by each cell, making sure the inmates are alive and healthy. Every cell has a security light, so even at nighttime, the cells are never truly black, so we can see inside. And one specific inmate that I remember was in special quarters because he was mentally not all there. His favorite thing to do was draw, scream all day, pee outside the cell, and sleep. And one day, we had to do a cell extraction on him because... He was clawing at his gums with his fingernails and using the blood from them to draw symbols all over his cell wall. The medical was looking at him on the spot while I was going through his cell to check for like contraband and stuff. Looking through his drawings, he would always make childlike sketches of him playing games with his brother and a creepy shadowy silhouette of a person. 
His name was over his drawing of himself, his brother's over his, and Dark One over the shadowy one. Cheesy, I know, but that's what was there. And while looking through these drawings, he looked at me and said, he doesn't like you being in there. I suddenly felt the hair raise on my arms and I walked right out. Keep in mind, I'm regularly told this weird stuff by inmates and it never bothers any well, seasoned officer like me, except this one time. Anyway, fast forward a couple of weeks and it's probably around 2am and I'm awake while my partner is asleep. During every 15 minute check, I noticed every cell's security light was on as normal. Otherwise, I would have to write a report about it. I was sitting in the little cell that we used for our food for the day, just eating. When all of a sudden, I hear this extremely loud screaming. I could not make out what the screaming was or what even language it was. But my arm hairs raised again and I ran to find the source. And every single inmate was sound asleep, but... What caught my attention was that strange inmate security light was out and there was no way that they would be able to mess with the lights the way that they were installed. I quickly yelled to another officer in the other bays if they heard that screaming thinking that maybe it came from one of their bays. But not one of the other officers heard the screaming. I apparently was the only one that did. But there was something off about that guy and... Since that day, I always requested to never be posted in there again, even though it was one of the most sought-after posts. I guess something just really bothered me about that night. So when I first moved to my current house, like 10 years ago, I never really felt alone. Like, there would always seem to be this feeling of someone being nearby, and the place was just incredibly ominous. It had a really weird atmosphere. You could hear distinct footsteps upstairs when nobody else was home, and movement in the shadows. I know it sounds cliche, but that's truly how it began. The basement was always worse than the rest of the house. There was just a, an incredibly strong foreboding feeling whenever you passed the halfway mark of the stairs. It always felt like someone was right behind you. The door to the boiler room would always pop open and creak like an inch or two before just stopping. Didn't matter if you slammed the door or gently closed it, the door would always creak back open within the hour. Then there was the whispering that would happen if you ignored the door for too long. And as time passed, the whispering began to happen to me, even if I wasn't in the basement. The voice always changed depending on the circumstances, though. If I was home alone, then it was always the voice of my family members calling my name. But when I called back, the whisper would just keep repeating my name, beckoning me to come to the source of the sound, until I went and investigated. Only then would the whispers stop. My house is a decent size, so if somebody isn't loud enough, then they can sound like a distant whisper, which is why I kept investigating it. If I was not home alone, the whispers would be an inaudible but masculine voice that was always originating from right behind me. It didn't matter if I tried to play the TV really loud or if I wore headphones, the whispers were always audible. And that was the extent of the activity for around a year as well. Until one day, 
a tapping started in my closet. It was never random and always occurred in some type of a pattern like three taps or four taps and it would start up randomly and end randomly too but only when I would be home alone or between sunset and sundown. The tapping varied in length lasting for a few minutes and restarted every few hours or sometimes it would go for hours and then just stop for the remainder of the night. It was incredibly random. I thought it was maybe a leaky pipe or something of the sort but there were no pipes in that part of the wall. My room was on the top floor and there were no sinks or showers for 15 plus feet and no mold or water stains ever appeared on the wall of the closet or the ceiling beneath my room. But I was absolutely terrified to go to bed because of the sounds. Around that time too, my blanket began coming off in the middle of the night. I know that sounds like the result of basic restless sleeping, but it would always be neatly folded in a square on the floor by the foot of my bed. It was absolutely horrific to have to attempt to pull the blanket off the floor and unfold it while trying to cover myself again while knowing that whatever did that could still be in the room. I began sleeping with my headphones on while playing natural white noise to make sleeping in that room easier, but it was still incredibly nerve-wracking. After a few months of getting used to the closet tapping and learning to live with everything going on, whatever was in my house began to actively terrorize me during the daylight hours too. The way my house is designed, there's one big living room that is separated by sort of like a, a wall divider to give the illusion of creating two rooms. But there's no door or anything to physically block things or sounds. The entity or whatever it was would start scratching the carpet like a dog does on the opposite side of the divider room from me as well. And then slowly the scratching would come over to right in front of where I was. It didn't matter if I was on the couch or in a chair. It would come right in front of me and scratch until I reacted. If I moved to a different seating spot, it would follow me too. If I ignored it, then it wouldn't stop. But I admit that the longest I tried to ignore it was only like 30 minutes. So maybe if I held out then it would have stopped eventually. I don't know, but that would happen like every day until I learned that it would stop if I left the house, so I think it wanted to exercise its power over me or something. Like it was letting me know that it owned the house and I was simply being allowed to stay. But even if I left the house after the scratching, it would still happen again every three or four days like clockwork. I thought that I was absolutely crazy too because no one else was experiencing things like this. Until one day when the scratching got too close to my dog and he began to bark at it before running over to join me on the couch and growling at whatever it was as it got closer. I complained to my mum and siblings, told them that it didn't like the dogs and that I was scared to go home after school but I used to have a very active imagination so they would tell me to be quiet or stop talking crazy. My faith in my mum was absolutely shattered and still has never truly recovered after being dismissed so many times. All she would do was wave her hand and say, in the name of Jesus, you're safe, and tell me to go away. After around three years of living in that house too, around a year after the scratching began, years after the closet tapping began, the tapping started happening in the closet at my father's house as well. So I'm pretty sure that whatever it was, 
must have been attached to me for some reason. I tried praying. I tried never being home alone. I even forced myself to get rid of my imagination to end the terror, but nothing changed. In fact, it wasn't until my brother told my mum that he converted religions that my mother blessed the house with holy anointed oil. She dipped her finger in oil and put a cross on every doorway in the house to force out his evil spirits that made him doubt Christianity, but it finally actually stopped. The door opening, the shadows, the scratching, the whispers, they actually stopped that day. But the occasional ominous feeling and the footsteps both happen occasionally and... To be honest, I'm pretty fine with that. So, that's the background, but not too long ago, I feel like it's been picking up again. You see, I had my college dorm mate come home with me one day, since there were no flights back to his country due to them closing their borders, and he began investigating the occult while in my home. Not with a Ouija board or anything, just doing sort of like basic research and all that. And I don't know what happened, but... Maybe he sort of like reawakened something. While that roommate was still at my house, he began saying that he felt uncomfortable being alone in any room in that house and began walking around with headphones. After he left my house to stay elsewhere, the ominous feeling began to return more frequently than it has for like the past six or seven years. I even began to see things dart around corners or move around in the dark really quick every now and then. But this time... It's uh, more physical as well. You see, a little while after the activity began to pick up again, I was sleeping in my sister's old room alone and something cold grazed my back. Obviously, I woke up, looked around, and after not seeing anything, I just laid back down. I assumed for some reason that it must have been the AC vent or something, but... I was tired and forgot that the AC doesn't actually work in that room. Just as I was about to fall asleep again as well, it gently stroked my back again. That time though, there was no mistaking it. It felt like four small petite fingers glided across the entirety of my back from my shoulder to just a few inches above my butt. I immediately went under the blanket and it stopped. But I was awake by that point. I eventually calmed myself down by thinking about it and I concluded that it was different from the haunting that I had as a child. Whatever touched me seemed, I don't know, feminine and almost caring or gentle, like it hadn't meant to frighten me. A few nights later, I began to hear footsteps leading up to the second bed in the room. After my sister left, we had a second bed in there so the guests could stay over if they so desired and all that. And then the footsteps would stop before I heard sounds similar to someone sitting on the bed and adjusting themselves. I saw nothing and didn't feel threatened, so I don't know why, but I just sort of began talking about what I was doing and how I was feeling. And after a few minutes of that, I saw the bed spring up and heard the sound of the bed springs resetting before the sound of footsteps went back towards the door and stopped. It was at that point that... I got a little bit nervous because I couldn't chalk it up to me being a little crazy, but I wasn't truly frightened or anything. And that exact thing began to happen every few days or so as well, typically when I was getting ready for bed, so I just sort of made a routine of greeting it and talking aloud of my thoughts. 
and after a few weeks of this, however, the activity changed and I didn't like it at all. I was minding my own business and relaxing when the bedroom door began to shake, like someone was grabbing the handle and twisting it but not opening it while shaking it violently. In the past, the door would shake occasionally if like a, a semi-truck passed by in the neighborhood, but this was way more intense of a rattling and I have exercise bands on the door which have never rattled with the door before, but they did this time, which startled me because that never happens. I yelled at whatever it was shaking the door to get lost and it stopped for a minute before the door started rattling again, but softer this time. I yelled out, enough, I acknowledge that you're in there, and I walked over to the door, grabbing the doorknob and started shaking it back. I stood there for a moment to see if there would be a response, but the shaking ended. Since this event, I had my mother pray in that room and bless it since she has become a, a much more devout person than I am, and all the activity in that room ceased. At this point, I began to remember everything, and I decided to ask around since I was older now and my words would be more respected. I talked to my mum about it, and she said that something shook her bed once, but she told it to leave her alone in the name of Jesus, and apparently it stopped. But she also said that while I was complaining to her about the ghost stuff, that my sister had been telling her about a man in a fedora type hat that would stand in the corner and shadow figures in the dark before the house was blessed the first time, but claims that she never mentioned it after that. I have a theory though that maybe she had paranormal experiences that never went away and that's what caused her to go off the deep end and start doing well, illicit substances and running around the streets at all hours. Due to her past actions, I'm pretty low contact with that sister, but in my pursuit of answers, I am thinking about writing her a letter to ask her about all this. My other sister, however, claims that when she lived in the basement that she hated being there alone because it felt like someone was always watching her, especially when she was in the shower or trying to sleep. She stayed out of the house as often as possible or would have boys over just so that she wouldn't be home alone and after around six months to a year, before I began spending a lot of my own time in the basement, she got pregnant and ended up moving out. She said that she never mentioned it to anyone because she didn't want to sound crazy or scare us since my siblings and I were so much younger than her. My brother claims that he's experienced nothing and tries to, well, logic everything away I guess, which is a good thing but if you confront him with undeniable proof or something happens when he was also present, we witnessed the carpet scratching once and ran upstairs before locking ourselves in our rooms. He will deny it ever happened and refuse to talk about it. But he's always been the type to try and conceal and hide everything that happens to him or that he feels, so I don't expect him to really answer my questions honestly anytime soon. But I definitely want to find answers, and to end this once and for all, if I can, that is. My nephews want to start spending the night with me, and I want to make sure that they never experience the things that I did. And I guess that that's why I'm really questioning everything again. I'll definitely update you guys once I write that letter to my sister, and if she replies. But in the meantime, thanks for listening.
G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.